0: off show of the Urban Property Investor. Uh, for those members who came last night, thank you for coming. Thank you for coming to uh, the mentoring workshop. Obviously, we covered off one of the flywheels of real estate. We went into some details around uh, around the idea of making sure we don't fall into a rent gap. And uh, yeah. We talked about rent gap theory last night, which is really, really cool. I'll quickly explain it. Um, and I want to dig into one of the challenges with rent gap theory when it comes to operational costs. So a little off if you came last night. Morning, Alison. Um, so I might just cut away to the good old iPad. Um, hopefully uh, I can put my little thing on screen there. So yeah, last night we talked about the idea of the flywheel, that that we need a rent flywheel. In other words, the idea of a flywheel, of course, is that uh, if you do something right in one section, it kind of propels another section and you just get this kind of merry-go-round effect where everything just kind of works. So, within the rental space, and I was talking to this uh about this last night we've got the location rent gap, which is the idea that certain suburbs, certain types of properties in certain neighborhoods will just get a superior rental return and unless we embrace that uh if we're going to own real estate, not all real estate is rented at the same rate, and of course. Um, there is a lot of demographic shifts around what happens in locations. People perhaps want to live near the beach, so the rents are going to be better. Doesn't necessarily correlate to finding a uh, you know bargain in price, but a big part of my job is to find the affordable yet livable undervalued supply gap. So looking for these kind of locations which represent rental value, So the first gap is the location gap. Second gap is uh, the rent gap around appeal. And we often surmise this as disinvestment. Simple scenario, if a property perhaps is past its use by date, um, you know, it's going to cost way too much to bring up to a modern level and you'll never get it back through its rental return. Disinvestment is a big Component of rent gap theory. So to overcome that, we obviously want a nice property which um, you know is going to serve our uh, our needs from a rental point of view without sucking the cash flow out of our back pocket. We're going to talk about this one today. Um, I will highlight the others. The other one is the tenant rent gap. So obviously, some ten- some people in society earn more than others. If we can find where those people predominantly live, they have a higher disposable income, so you can charge them a larger proportion of their income in rent. That's, uh, you know, fundamentally how it works. The last one is the market uh, rent gap. Now, that is something we can't control, uh, but the market rent gap is just the idea that rental markets go into supply uh, and demand shortfalls regularly. Sometimes markets are oversupplied. Sometimes markets are undersupplied. Um, more often they're undersupplied than oversupplied. Australia's always playing a bit of catch up. So the theory of rank of beating the rank gap, of uh, making sure the flywheel effect kind of works, is if you find a good location, you're probably going to get a good tenant. If you choose a good property with low running costs, um, it'll have Consistent appeal and the market is probably going to do you more favors than um, than negative favors more often when measured over like a ten year period you'll probably have two or three years which are the market is a little bit stale and then seven good years so that's how the idea of the rent gap works now going on from last night we if we use the flywheel effect um, what happens is we just get to a positive cash flow state much faster. And again, um, the opposite can happen if one of these things is not working. For um, for example, if we choose a negative location with tenants that are half a week away from being broke or a much older property, um, it doesn't have to be brand new, but a much older property where there is operational costs. What happens is we think we're going to go into a positive cash flow uh, dynamic where the rents work for us. But actually, what happens is we go almost uh, backwards. What that could mean is, you know, we have a rent of $400 per week when we buy the property, but years later, it's still $400 per week. May not feel like you're going backwards, but actually, the cost of living is going up and because the rents are not necessarily rising to keep up with that cost of living, you are indeed going backwards. So we're going to talk about this one, uh, the idea of the rent gap or disinvestment. Remember, disinvestment is just the idea that real estate loses appeal the older it gets um, and the more it costs to reinvent, the older it gets. Now, um, that's not to say some Properties which are older or imperfect, all that is alluding to is obviously the more modern a property is, the less cash flow risk you have holding that asset. And as such, uh, the best way to understand that is through operational expenses, And when I look at operational expenses, I sort of break it down into a few categories. The first one is the initial cost. Uh, So the initial cost, obviously, is um, the outlay to get involved with the property. But then you've got other costs, cost of operating the property. So if a property um, is a little bit old and it has just way more maintenance um, then a more modern property, its operational process is just more clunky. Um, instead of one repair a year, a much older property may have four repairs. What does that ultimately mean? Well, if each repair is $1,000, all of a sudden, operationally, we're starting to see that the property's cash flow profile is not uh, necessarily working one. Well working too well. The next one is the cost of maintenance. Um, What happens then, something that we don't quite often factor in, is maintenance is not linear. It does not necessarily cost the same for the next 30 years to repair the kitchen sink. Actually, the cost of maintenance goes up. So if our operating costs um, are all blown out, and the cost of maintenance continues to inflate, well, then, of course, that's going to have a downward effect on our cash flow position. The next one is really downtime. Now, in real estate, downtime is not a good thing because we're in the business of turnover of rent. Um, downtime is usually a reflection on the appeal of the asset. Not always. Sometimes it's a reflection of the market conditions. But if the market is fairly buoyant and your property is not renting, it's usually got something to do with tenants aren't stupid. They can see a clanker when they're walking through it. And, of course, uh, downtime costs um, are... really a a huge expense for real estate. Just thinking about, you know, that extra month that potentially a property is vacant um, over a 12-month period, it's, it's quite a lot of money, does start to add up. The next one is the cost of production. So production is just the idea that we want to yield and uh again, sometimes the market picks on the yield. There's nothing you can really do about that. But also tenants will again look at a property and go, well, uh, this property ain't uh much chop. So why would I pay a lot of rent for it? And of course, the cost of that gap of not getting the best possible rents for your assets is again an operational deficiency in. Uh, in the um, process of of running that property. And uh, really, then you've got uh, this kind of almost like velocity effect of where your real estate is headed. And to overcome the velocity effect of real estate going into, where was my little diagram? Going this way, you want to use the flywheel. So the flywheel is, the location, um, obviously, better locations get better rents. Uh, you want good appeal, something modern, which doesn't suck your operational costs out. And the type of tenant would like to grab a hold of that property. And of course, the only thing you can't control is the market, but you know, seven years out of ten, it's usually pretty favourable. So, um, you know, there's nothing really much you can do about that. But what happens is. If you um, all of a sudden have a, I don't know, a $20 a week uh, location rent gap, a $40 a week disinvestment rent gap, um, your tenants, are, you know, half a week away from being broke. So the pressure on them to pay more rent is um, meaning that all of a sudden you're $30 under. Um, all of a sudden, this stuff here is $100 is $5,000 a year. That's also the ability to borrow more money. Um, becomes a challenge. So the best way around that is the flywheel, just uh, good location, good tenants, um, good appealing uh, property. And of course, um, ideally the market is, uh, is going in the right direction. Hey, thanks for tuning in last night. I appreciate it. Um, little uh, follow on show this morning after last night. Um, and uh, I'll catch you again soon. Thank you.